This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Welcome along to today's podcast. It's Tuesday, January the 26th. Hope you're okay. Coming up, got more controversy over free school meals and we've been finding out about a new train route that could run from Kent to Cambridge. But first... Job loss stats were out today and I'm afraid it's not a good picture in Kent right now. The number of people out of work and claiming unemployment benefit has risen 116% in the past year. The number of people claiming in December was 68,815, an increase of 770 on the previous month and up from just 31,000 last January before the pandemic struck. Joe James is the chief exec of the Kent Invictor Chamber of Commerce. We started by asking her today if she thought businesses have been given enough support during the pandemic. The government's certainly been generous with its support for business, but they can never totally compensate for the lack of trade for every business. And as we know, there are still many businesses that continue to fall between the gaps. You know, despite the grants and loans on offer, the furlough payments, the options to defer VAT and and tax payments, when a business has no or limited income, you know, this isn't going to cover what needs to be paid out. And eventually there comes a point where the business cannot see a future ahead and is is no longer viable. And, And when that does happen, unfortunately, we will be faced with even higher um, unemployment. And Joe, what do businesses need going forward then? Business needs the economy to once again open up, but we know that can only be done when it's safe to, to do so. And despite so many businesses being negatively affected, you know, they do understand this. COVID's not going to go away for, for some time yet. And the worst thing that could happen for business is that we go through 2021 dipping in and out of closures. What we need for, as a business community is a clear plan from government for the remainder of 2021, outlining what support would be available and under what circumstances. You know, there's there's always something around the way the government make their announcements. You know, for example, if you look at the last announcement of closures, it was as of tonight, Um, these sectors will be closed. No warning, no mention of financial support that would be available, leaving so many business owners with a sort of having a really unnecessary sleepless night before the next day uh, the government starts to, to announce what support's available. And I think we would definitely need to have an extension of the furlough scheme past the current deadline. And, and actually, that applies to all the support packages on offer. Um, you know, while the, the economy is basically shut down, business does need to be supported, particularly if you want business to be here when the economy does start to, to pick up. I mean, it would be great to be able to look into a crystal ball, but what do you think the future has in store as far as these figures are concerned? When furlough does come to an end, and we can expect to see unemployment rise significantly. And it's important, really, that those that sadly will lose their jobs have access to reskilling so they can be in a better place to seek new opportunities, particularly if they're coming from a sector that's slowing down and is going to take a long time to recover. They need to, to be offered the, skill, the, the opportunity for skills um, in those growth sectors that we're going to have across the county. So really, skills is the real key 
uh, to, to actually helping longer term unemployment. Thanks ever so much to Joe for joining us. You can see a really detailed breakdown of the stats for Kent and read about the experience of one worker who was made redundant after being furloughed at kentonline.co.uk. Across the UK, 800,000 workers have been taken off company payrolls since February last year. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere today, and a Kent travel agent has told the Kent Online podcast the UK is bringing in further travel restrictions too late. It's understood some travellers arriving in the UK will now have to go into quarantine in designated hotels. We understand it's going to apply to people coming from regions with new variants, such as South America and Southern Africa. Chris Scoble is from Go Scoble Travel Agents in Tunbridge Wells. He's been chatting to Phil. It reiterates that that in reality um, we were quite encouraged that we would be booking people for going away in August, and we have them. The people, lots of people have booked to go away in August, you know, July and August, and now it's looking like even less uh, consumer confidence in booking that holiday. It's interesting you, know I mean? you touch on consumer confidence. How do you think we get that back and get people feeling as if they can go on a holiday and and basically feel as though they're not just going to get it cancelled? Um, as the R number comes down and um, the vaccine takes hold, we're hoping for positive news going forward, aren't we? And I think it's just a sit and wait and you see. People always want to travel, people want their holidays. What we're doing is we're actually now got 2022 and 2023 holidays on time. Do you disagree that it is too soon? I mean, obviously you wouldn't be in a position to say, don't book holidays, I suppose, would you? I wouldn't, but I have to say that, you know, I haven't, some agents are still booking for, have looked at booking for Easter. That's definitely off go Scoble's agenda. Um, so, yes, I would still book in August. You're going to get your money back. You're still going to have the money in the pot to rebook. But, yeah, it's looking, it's not looking great, is it, for the rest of the summer? Well, latest figures show the coronavirus infection rate across Kent is now below the national average. First time it's done that for a very long time. In the seven days to January the 20th, the number of positive tests dropped by more than 20%, bringing the rate to 419 cases per 100,000 people. In Medway, the rate is now 468 cases. The average in England stands at 472. A Kent MP is calling on the government to put sport and well-being at the centre of its recovery plans after the pandemic. Speaking in the Commons virtually earlier, Chatham and Aylesford's Tracy Crouch had this question for the Chief Secretary to the Treasury. Well, physical health and well-being costs the Treasury tens of billions of pounds per annum. So given that COVID-19 has had a negative impact on both, does he agree with me that our recovery strategy should put sport, physical activity and well-being at its heart? And Stephen Barclay responded by saying he agreed. One of the areas I'm very keen to work with her on uh, is the opportunities around social prescribing where the role of sports and well-being in terms of how we treat people as part of mental health and recovery from COVID has a lot uh, to offer. And I know that is something she will continue to champion. More fallout from the pandemic and a Kent education boss fears schools could be left out of pocket if an increasing number of children qualify for free meals when they return. Now, the government's been urged to set out a plan as to when all pupils will go back to class after lockdown. The chief exec of the Potential in Everyone Academy Trust in Swale is worried they won't have the funding they need. David Whitehead says a recount needs to be done. The focus on reopening schools is all, all focused around the well-being and education of the children and rightly so. However, you know, what should be noted is that there's been many, many cuts to education um, with, with funding and, and that continues. So 
we would normally be basing our free school meals um, numbers on the children that we have who are registered as free school meals in this January census that we're about to undertake in the next week or so. However, the numbers going forward for free school meals is going to be based on the October census, which was done at the beginning of October. And the numbers of children that are now eligible for free school meals has increased significantly between October and January. But schools will not be seeing the financial benefit of that uh, until the next academic year. So even though we have to fund the vouchers for those children that are eligible for free school meals, schools will not be getting the funding for that going forward until next academic year. Yeah, because of the change in circumstances of an awful lot of people throughout this pandemic who may have lost their jobs since March, for example, that increases the numbers, but that doesn't get taken into account kind of as you go. So it's, that's right. you just take a snapshot, right? Okay, that's very Yeah, and it's based on the January census, but they're, they're, now, they're now basing the free school meals numbers on the October census, which was 1st of October. So, I mean, we're talking about four weeks into the new academic year. Um, in one school alone, in our trust, uh, we've got five additional pupils that have signed up between term two and now, which is um, just over £10,500 worth of additional funding for those pupils, which we won't see until next academic year now. I guess October, that was kind of even before the kind of the second wave really kicked in, wasn't it? Because as you say, we oh, hadn't been back and then... So way before second lockdown or our third national lockdown, um, when more jobs would have gone and, and things like that. So Absolutely, yeah. And we had, so we had about three weeks of term where we were obviously in contact with these families that we knew, you know, had suffered job losses, et cetera, and, and encouraging them to to apply for free school meals. Um and uh, and that wouldn't have been processed until after that census. So um yeah, it's it's gonna have missed out on a on a huge amount of children and, and it's frustrating because you know the rhetoric that we're seeing in the papers and from the MPs is that you know this is all about putting the children first and their mental health and well-being but when push comes to shove um you know when they when when, when it's funding that is needed to really make a difference to these children they're not prepared to put their money where their mouth is which is a, a real shame what what will happen then for those children if they're coming back after easter they now qualify for free school meals but you guys don't have the funding what what happens the parents still have to we, we, if, if they are, yeah, if, if they've registered as free school meals and they've 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 um, successfully had their application met to be a free school meals pupil, then we have to provide the free school meal for them or the voucher. So it's still it's still coming out of our school budgets, but we're not necessarily getting the income to pay for that. We have asked the Department for Education for a response. Meantime, Kent's education bosses have suggested parents might defer taking a place at primary school so their children can have more time at nursery as they catch up on lost learning during the pandemic. David Adams, who's the County Council Interim Education Director, says it's something that schools will have to respond to in September. Nurseries have been kept open during the third national lockdown, but attendances remain low. The Kent Online Podcast with Serena. Parks. Some other top stories for you today in Kent County Council has been criticised after a suicidal teenager was left without appropriate support after reporting serious sexual abuse. The girl who lives in the county said it happened in Croydon when she was younger. The Ombudsman has found neither council took responsibility or contacted each other about it for nearly two years. Both councils have been told to improve and Kent has agreed to pay more than £2,000 to the family. 
Three men have been rescued after getting stranded on a Second World War sea fort near Whitstable. They ended up on Red Sands Tower on Sunday when their inflatable boats drifted off in the tide. The RNLI brought them to safety back to Sheerness docks on a lifeboat. A Maidstone man who led police on a high-speed chase in Ipswich has avoided a lengthier sentence because it took so long to get the case to court. Mark Dawkins was arrested in August 2017 after jumping from the moving vehicle and trying to run away. The 25-year-old from Feldland Road in the Parkwood area of town admitted dangerous driving and was sentenced to 120 days. He's also been banned from driving for 13 months. Now, transport bosses are hoping to revive plans for trains to run between Kent and Cambridge. The County Council has lobbied the government to introduce a Thameslink service from Maidstone East to Cambridgeshire via London. Local democracy reporter Kieran Duggan has a bit more on this story for us. And Kieran, this idea has been around for a while, hasn't it? That's right, Nicola. Discussions about the long-awaited new train line have been in the works for the last five years. It was hoped the rail connection would launch in January 2018, but it's been delayed at least four times since 2016. Local MPs, including Tunbridge's Tom Tugendhout and local councillors, have lobbied for this service over that time, but they've been met with some reluctance from the Department for Transport to pursue the scheme. Rail Minister Chris Heaton-Harris said in a parliamentary debate last month that there were stumbling blocks which needed to be resolved before pushing ahead with the proposals. However, he wasn't specific about what those stumbling blocks were, which just creates more uncertainty for people going forward as to whether this service will actually get off the ground. So if it does go ahead then, what would the precise route be? The cross-London service will pass through several Kent railway stations, starting at Maidstone East and moving towards the capital via West Malling, Borough Green, Rootham and Otford stations. Trains would arrive into London Bridge, Blackfriars and St Pancras before travelling 60 miles north to Cambridge. Ahead of the planned opening in 2018 of this service, it was anticipated there would be two Thameslink trains running every hour on this route and it would form part of a major regeneration of the rail network in the southeast with thousands of more passengers using the service. The plans have received overwhelming support from nearly 200 train passengers, rail groups, schools and other public authorities that responded to a public consultation last year, according to Kent County Council executives. But concerns have been raised by some councillors, including Kent County Council's main opposition leader, Rob Bird, about the potentially slow service, which he believes will take 80 minutes to travel from Maidstone east to Blackfriars. And are we any clearer on the timescale for this? No clear date has been set for when the new rail connection will go live, despite the clear ambition laid down by Kent County Council's rail manager, Stephen Gash. He stressed that the plans form an important role in the County Council's rail action plan over the next decade, which could see a significant expansion of the local train network across Kent's 13 districts by 2030. At a County Hall Cabinet meeting yesterday, he said the single most important outcome of all is the provision of a new Thameslink service from Maidstone East to London. It is something they urged the rail ministers to deliver quickly. 
Given the pressing significance, Kent County Council was placed in lobbying the government on this issue. A quick decision is what is hoped for, but given Whitehall's track record and the uncertainty of COVID, Kent passengers may be waiting a little bit longer on those platforms to Cambridge. Thanks ever so much, Kieran. We mentioned her earlier in the podcast and Tracy Crouch has posted another typically upbeat message on Insta as she prepares to start radiotherapy. The Chatham and Aylesford MP was diagnosed with breast cancer last summer and has just finished a course of chemotherapy. She posted a selfie in a yellow hospital gown before going for an appointment saying a sunny colour for positive vibes. An entire stained glass window from Canterbury Cathedral is going to be the centrepiece of a major new exhibition at the British Museum. The six-metre-high piece tells the stories of miracles attributed to Thomas Beckett in the years following his murder in the cathedral 850 years ago. At Kent Online, you can read about his life and murder. The exhibition is due to open in April. And on tomorrow's podcast, we're going to be chatting to an expert from the cathedral on the epic task of getting the window to the exhibition in London. And finally today, a restaurant in Kent has been awarded a Michelin star. The owners of Hyde and Fox in Hythe say it feels amazing after a tough year for everyone in the industry. Kent Online Sport. For Ball and Gillingham, welcome Crew Alexandra to Priestfield this evening. They'll be hoping to move up the table after a draw with Rochdale on Saturday left them in 13th place in League One. Boss Steve Evans gave us his thoughts on tonight's opposition, who are five places above the Jills after Saturday's game. They're better than Rochdale, crew, a better team than Rochdale. Both good. Both good young managers. Brian Barry Murphy today, very respectful young man. Um, lots of chats with us and one or two bits of advice. Not about today, of course, or about football, just in general. And I, and I find the same with big Dave Altel, a young manager who's done brilliant at crew. So they, they both have a style, whether it, with it's for them, it's about keeping the ball and passing the ball. We'll, we'll either work hard enough to stop that or, or it'll be a long night for us. So I've got, I've got enormous respect for three or four teams in this league, no more than the... Than the two at the top. Kickoff tonight is at six. And in cricket, Matt Milnes has extended his contract at Kent until the end of the 2022 season. The 26 year old bowler joined the county from Nottinghamshire in 2018 and has taken 73 first class wickets in 19 matches so far. That's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.